Okay. Um, wanted to talk about our purpose in life um, and review a little bit from a couple of weeks ago. That what is our purpose in life? Well, if you go from an evolutionary viewpoint, where animals just uh, make yourself happy, reproduce, get all the good things in life, you don't have a soul. So, you know, just eat, drink, and be merry. Some people think of a more existential viewpoint, like we just exist. Life is absurd and tragic, so just do the best you can. Make the most of it. Eat, drink, and be merry, and maybe do some good along the way. And so, uh, you know, other people are going to say it's striving to get to a place of perfection or nirvana. All those are non-Christian worldviews. And the uh, here is Christ Church Vanguard Presbytery. We all do the Westminster standards as being a system of faith. And the shorter catechism, first question, gives us a purpose statement. So at the top of your sheet, it says, uh, what is the chief end of man? And uh, man's chief end is to do what? Glorify God. Glorify God. And and enjoy Him forever. We urge you from the upper deck. So, uh, that's quite a statement that goes contrary to what most humans think in their sin nature. In our sin nature, it's about looking out for number one, Pleasing myself, Paula. Here's our study sheet. It'll be for several weeks, so hang on to it. So, we think this is a biblical statement to that the Bible is teaching that the purpose of all mankind is to glorify God, to worship God, to be in relationship with God, their Creator. Now, obviously, many people deny that, don't understand that, 
are in relationship to God and don't think about glorifying God as their chief purpose. Um, if we don't glorify God, we're often living according to our idolatry. I want to love myself, love pleasure. Good Hello. Morning. Hey, Hi. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Welcome. And I'm just going to have to renew because I forget everybody. I'm Mark. Mark. Good to see you. A lot of texts to you. Yep. Thank you. I'm George. George. I'm your Jamal. name with an A. Paula. Jamal. Jamal. Now, Jamal, were you the one that was a student at the Christian Academy? Yes. That's, that touched my heart when you told me that. And I, I had to say, I kind of forgot you, but to say somebody was a student of mine 40 years ago <laughs> in the 80s, right, Jamal? Yes. 40 years ago. When dinosaurs were on the earth, I went to PCB. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, we're doing a short Sunday school. Oh, okay. to 11.30 and, and uh, we're talking about the catechism question to glorify God and enjoy him forever so um, let's look at Psalm uh, 19 1 um Everything in creation is to glorify God. Uh, all of creation declares God's glory. If somebody can read Psalm 19.1, if you have your Bible. It's today's Psalm. 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. So, even the heavens, the sky, creation glorifies God. Certainly, people made in God's image should glorify God. But again, most of us, most humans, don't see that as their purpose statement. Uh, the funny thing is that we want to live for ourselves, but we didn't make ourselves. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't say on a certain day in history, I'm going to be born. Those things are outside our control. It, uh, it points back to, but God being our creator. So, uh, John uh, 12, 25, if somebody could read that. his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world 
Will keep it from eternal life. Okay, so Jesus said that if you lose your life for the sake of the gospel, you have great gain. If uh, you try to keep it in this world, and then we eventually lose it and lose up even. Eternal life. Um, Proverbs sixteen nine. A man's heart plans his steps, but the Lord directs his steps. Who's in charge? It's me, right? I I planned it. It's all about me. But the writer of Proverbs says it's we make our plans, but God's in control. So we really should be living to glorify God. Um, Romans eleven thirty six. Somebody could read that. Yeah. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Is that on the <laughs> Okay, so it's to God and through God. Everything meant to give glory to God. Now, um, um, this whole sheet of things, I didn't put this together. Um, I'm borrowing this from John MacArthur from a series of sermons I heard when I was a student at Moody. He preached about why do we glorify God? And then how do we do that? So we're basically looking at why do we glorify God? Well, it's our purpose. This is what God made us for. Everything is to glorify God. And uh, the second point is that righteous men have, prof have, have prospered by setting God first in their lives. Um, somebody read Hebrews 11, 24. Maybe somebody could read Psalm 16, 8 to 9. I'll do 11, 24. Yes. Um, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Yes. So he turned away from the pleasures of Egypt. All the benefits of that kingdom for the kingdom of God that he got a glimpse of. 
So he made a righteous choice not to live in the pleasures of sin, but to go for the glory of God. Righteous men prosper when they serve God, not necessarily to be rich and famous, but to have the blessings from God and the favor of God. Um, Psalm 16, 9. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. David says, Who's the primary purpose? I have set God before me continually. And my heart is glad. So the catechism question said, Glorify God and what? Enjoy God. Enjoy God. No. No, no, if I become a Christian, my life will be miserable. It's just all these do's and don'ts and commandments. I won't have any fun, right? I'll lose all my friends. Isn't that the way people think? But the psalmist is saying, if I set God before me as my primary goal, my heart will have joy and gladness. And that's what the catechism question is referring to. So, think about this, brothers and sisters. What was your life like before you became a Christian? Because I was saved at four, not much difference. But if I were saved older, maybe. Yeah, but many times we can look back and say, wow, I was on a path of destruction and my life has changed. And I know I'm in relationship to God now. And that's good, isn't it? Mark is always saying, it's good to be saved. He's always reminding us. And it is. Our hearts should be glad to know we're in a relationship with God. Our sins are forgiven. We have eternal life. We're not under guilt and wrath. Wow. Now, yes, our circumstances can be hard and we can suffer. But those, like Paul said, are light, momentary afflictions. Yeah, even if we die, it's still a short-term condition. We're not under God's wrath for eternity. So, as Christians, we should, by the power of the Spirit, Feel, <clears throat> feel joy in our lives. Now, one more point. Uh, the why 
Yes. If you don't glorify God, then the wrath of God is on those people who refuse to do that. It's very simple. You either come to God on His terms and enjoy your Creator or you say separated from Him and under His wrath. Now again, many people don't believe that. Oh yeah, if I go to hell, it's okay. I'll even my friends. We'll just have a big party. They don't believe God is a just and holy judge. Um, somebody read Romans one eighteen to twenty one. Somebody else get Jeremiah thirteen fourteen to seventeen. Somebody else get Acts twelve one to four. And somebody else, Isaiah 42, 18. Okay. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all the godliness and unrighteousness of man, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, seen by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Thank you. So, this is a great apologetic statement. Every man deep down knows God exists. A natural man refuses to give God glory. They know God exists, but they push that truth down and live according to their wills and therefore they're given over to ungodly living to a reprobate mind and they are under the wrath of god i guarantee you people do not like romans 1 because it's a clear statement of of a call to repentance and faith. So, uh, quickly, let's read Jeremiah 13. 14 to 17, I have it. And I will uh, dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together, says the Lord, and I will not pity, nor spare, nor have mercy, but I will destroy them. Hear and give ear. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he causes darkness and before your feet stumble on the dark mountains. 
and while you are looking for the light, he turns it into the shadow of death, and he makes it a dense darkness. That if you will not hear it, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Strong words from the prophet to the nation. But it basically is summed up. You are to glorify God. And if you don't, you suffer his wrath. In this life and in the life to come. Um, Acts 12, 1 to 4. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Uh, okay. I'll just sum it up. Herod Agrippa has James killed. He arrests Peter. He goes and he makes a great speech. And the people say, the voice of God, not of a man. Well, that's right. What happens to Herod? Because he did not glorify God and accepted the praise of men. He's struck down and dies. He has some worms. He, well, that's a great way to die, isn't it? Very ceremonious. But the point is, he took the glory for himself. And God will not share his glory, not even with an earthly king. So, um, Herod is judged because he does not glorify God. And then Isaiah 42 8. And we'll end here. All right. 42 what? Eight. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. How much clearer? I am the Lord, that's my name. I do not share my glory with idols. You can make the most beautiful idol of gold and silver. It's just, yeah, I don't share my glory with idols. I don't share my glory with kings and leaders or anything that's created. So our purpose statement is to glorify God and enjoy the God that saved us. He's acted in mercy and love. Now, the question for us, why don't we do that? Well, 
Sometimes we're ungrateful. We're unthankful. We think we deserve better. Think about how that works out in your life. Why am I bitter today and not joyful? Now, let's think about also if we understand the statement is I'm the glorified God. But that's kind of a big, big statement. How do I do that? How do I, as a Christian, glorify God? You know, what does that mean? Well, thankfully, Dr. MacArthur, in his messages, gave us like, 12 or 13 biblical ways that we glorify God by doing something the Bible shows us. So, in the coming weeks in Sunday school, we're going to look at, well, how do I as a Christian glorify God biblically? What does the Bible say? And I think as we study that, we'll understand our purpose and how to fulfill our purpose better. Amen. I just had a quick question. Somewhere in Revelation, doesn't, isn't there a point in something that phrases him 24 hours? I just don't know where the verse is. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Okay, I'll figure it out. Thank you. All right.